I'm Nala Ayed, host of Ideas. In this age of clickbait and online shouting, Ideas is a meeting ground for people who want to deepen their understanding of the world. Join me as we crack open a concept to see how it plays out over place and time and how it matters today. From the rise of authoritarianism to the history of cult movies, no idea is off limits. Ideas is on the CBC Listen app or wherever you find your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Tom Power. You're listening to Q. So the first time you would have heard Sapinder Ratch on this show, it was when she created the show for the CBC called The, the 410. This is worth mentioning because in that show, she played a woman getting into some criminal activity to help her dad. And now Sapinder is part of this uh, new show. It's called Allegiance. And once again, the relationship is between her and her character's dad, and it's within some criminal activity, and, and that's what's taking center stage. But in this case, she's on the other side of it. Sapinder plays a young Sikh Punjabi woman rookie cop, freshly graduated from the academy. And just as she's starting her new gig, her dad, who's this prominent politician, the minister of public safety, is arrested for treason. And her brother's not really stoked that she's a police officer at all. And she's trying to learn her job with an older, white, more traditional partner. Constable Sowell, you did some good work today. Thank you, Corporal Brambella. Are you ready to discover the high-octane excitement of post-incident paperwork? Hold me back. Hoorah. All of this is happening while she's trying to exonerate her dad. I'm so glad Supinder Ratch joined me to tell you about the new show and about... Um, how losing her her own dad played into how she feels about this role. Here's our conversation. Good. I'm back. I'm back and with another different crime story. Talk to me a little bit about this show. So I think that the thing that I really found interesting about this show was that, you know, Sabrina Sohol is this young woman who's really put her father on a pedestal her entire life and also benefited from the rise of his career. Um, and watched him and aspired to be him, and there's this legacy. They're both and, in public safety. She's becoming a police officer. She's, becoming, she's yeah. following his, yeah. in his footsteps. Yeah. You know, he, he used to be in, in law enforcement, and that's yeah. sort of how he rose to become a politician. Yeah. Um, and the day before she starts her new job, he, these charges are placed against him for treason, and he's arrested and sort of taken away. And so she was supposed to start this career, you know, in her father's light, and instead, she starts it in his shadow. Mm. And the thing that I found really interesting about it, because what Anar Ali, who wrote the show, set out to explore was, you know, what are our allegiances, especially for families who have been here for generations? Mm. And so for me, I was born in India. Mm-hmm. I moved here when I was four. Mm-hmm. And innately, you know, my entire career, the last time I was here, I felt otherized to some extent, you know, just known that I didn't quite fit in and had to make those maneuvers. Mm-hmm. That's something that Sabrina doesn't really know or understand, I think, until this event happens to her father. And then all of a sudden, for her, this young woman who, when people ask her where she's from, she would say, I'm Canadian. Her, mm-hmm. father, her father was born here. She was born here. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, she herself is otherized and forced to see her own self in a way that people who have not accepted her father might see him and then thus see her. Yeah, she 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 feels, hey, hey, I'm you know I'm I'm Canadian, I'm as Canadian as the as as the next person, and and then she sees that her father has been uh, arrested for treason. 
which are which is a strange charge. Yeah. And you know, if he was a Caucasian male, probably yeah. wouldn't be charged with treason against his own country. Yeah. It's just that he appears to be somebody that is tied to a different country. And so I, that that attachment to you know what what is her allegiance to her father? Mm-hmm this organization that she's sworn a pledge to. Mm-hmm. And then also for me, I think, you know, just grappling with this idea of, you know, what is your allegiance to this place that you come from? Um, and Place that you come from, meaning? For me, meaning Punjab, meaning, yeah. you know, my homeland. And for her, for Sabrina, the same thing. Right. In terms of, you know, it's not something that's innately explored in the show, but it's definitely something that I put into my backstory and, and sort of built into... Um, you know, what that means when she walks into the forest on the first day and how people see her mm. and what what group she's placed in. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, did, did, did Anara talk to you about, when I was reading the, the show notes for this, uh, one of the things that uh, uh, Anara talked about was, and if you don't, if, if you didn't get into this with you, watch this, we'll cut this out of the interview. It'll be amazing. Uh, but one of the things she she wanted the show to be about was about restorative justice. Did she talk to you about that at all? Yeah, I think, you know, the conversation's, that I've had with Anar in terms of exploring restorative justice and just explore, exploring the idea that, you know, what's legal isn't always what's fair. Mm-hmm. And what was great about Sabrina's character is that she always comes from a place of conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know much about restorative justice either, you know, even when I started the show and we have a couple episodes where we get into it. But what I loved about it is this idea that when we when we shot the episode about restorative justice, um, there's this character that as he leads us into the ceremony says, you know, we can't promise you that you will be satisfied with the result. But what we can promise you is that you will be listened to and that you will be heard. Um, and I thought that that was so powerful and you know, impactful for on both sides, both on the victim side and both on the perpetrator mm-hmm. side in terms of how often do you think people feel heard mm-hmm. or listened to in the legal system? Mm-hmm. Not, 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 not very much. I mean, that's, that's what I meant by the show takes a really nuanced uh, mm-hmm. approach to like the, the, the showing of policing. Also a different role for you. I mean, I think the last time we saw, well, last time we saw one another was at this like 22 minutes thing. Yeah. Uh, but the time before that you were on the show uh, was for the four ten. Four ten, yeah. Um, where you played, uh, well, we'll say well, you you ended up on the on the criminal side, yeah, of the story, yeah. How's how's looking at the how how's looking at crime from the side of the police in this thing? Have you thought about that? The compare and contrasting. Um, n- not necessarily between the you know the difference between playing a good guy versus a bad guy yeah, yeah, yeah. in a certain extent, but you know they're. Those two shows are, are they explore a similar subject matter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that what they tie into is uh, a daughter saving a father. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that relationship and that um, subject matter is something that I'm innately drawn to. I thought it was fascinating that in this family and also in, similarly in the 410, mm-hmm. that there was this young woman who comes from a pretty much patriarchal society mm-hmm. um, where Sabrina is charged with taking on her father's legacy. Mm-hmm. And in the 410, it was similar in terms of Suri was taking over, you know, her father's criminal escapades. But there are parallels that I draw between those and, and just sort of, you know, this having lost my father. And even at the time when I wrote the 410, you know, we didn't always have the greatest relationship. So grappling with this idea of what it meant to to be a good daughter, yeah, um, 
And I think both series explore that idea to a certain extent because, you know, Sabrina's allegiances to the police force versus her father, um, you know, will combat each other as we move in, move into the series. I mean, one of the things we talked about before the microphone came on and you and you sort of brought it up to me in the way that you were feeling. Oh, you don't mind me bringing this up. Oh. You mentioned you lost your dad just then. How old how, how, are you? 64. He's 64, yeah. Um, and um, a young man. And... Uh, you, you told me that the, the, the feeling, and I hope you can elaborate on this. In the show, your character like loses her father in that he is taken from her. He's, yeah. he's, he, he's incarcerated and she's unable to talk to him. And you were able to sort of see your own experience of losing your dad through that story. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think that the, you know, the thing I still grapple with is just not having access. Yeah. You know, like you have questions. Yeah. For Sabrina, you know, she starts her job. Um, and even, you know, with the 410, when I was writing the show, I went to my dad a lot in terms of things about the community. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, what do you know about this? And what do you know about that trucking, mm-hmm. especially? Mm-hmm. Um, it's a hard, and, you know, I'm still working on a larger, a longer version of the 410. Mm-hmm. It's a much more difficult show to write mm-hmm. now that I can't call him. Mm. And so with Sabrina, I think that the parallels that I drew was, you know, when she starts this career, when she needs her father the most. Mm-hmm. She cannot get a hold of him. She doesn't know what's happened to him or why. Um, and those were questions I asked myself when I lost my father. Why him? Why now? And so... I'm, I'm stepping into number one on a call sheet, all that stuff, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm stepping into number one on a call sheet. Like, you know, I wish you were here, mm-hmm. you know, especially with South Asian parents. Like, this career is hard enough to get into, to convince them to... You kind of want them here. hmm for oh. these moments. Oh, I'm yeah. so sorry, man. Thanks. Um, um, th- this is going to be a 15-second TikTok anyway. So <laughs> okay, that, perfect. That, that all as well. Perfect. We'll be right back. Are vegans actually unhealthy? Does cannabis ruin your sleep? And why are so many men taking testosterone supplements? I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And we're the creators of the popular YouTube channel, ASAP Science. Every week on our podcast, Side Note by ASAP Science, we explain the science behind a controversial subject with recent research, up-to-date studies, and ridiculous stories so you are entertained while, bam, simultaneously learning. We're here to make science make sense. Download Side Note by ASAP Science wherever you get your podcasts. Um, t- talk to me a little bit about how acting uh, first came into your life anyway. So you know what? I've been thinking about it recently as we've been sort of doing press and this question has come up uh, like, uh, how did you get into acting? Or like what inspired you? Like, did you see something and you were like, I want to do that? I had an acting class that I was in. How old were you? I think I was in university, so I must have been like 20. And so I was in this acting class, and there was this monologue about – we won't even get into what it was about because it's not really important. But I I had this monologue – and she was sort of talking about her life and her emotions, and she was upset, and it was raw, and it was vulnerable. Um, And, you know, I grew up in a family that was – supportive but not emotionally supportive right we just it just wasn't a priority for us you know my parents had new like they were new immigrants they had immigrated here 
um, in terms of Laszlo's hierarchy of needs, you know, food, shelter, those things, emotional, um, expressing yourself emotionally wasn't, we weren't there. And so I was in this acting class and I had this monologue and I said it out loud and all of this stuff came up, you know, all of this like emotion and anger and things that I hadn't really been ever allowed to express in my life. And it's just like I felt alive in a way that I had never felt before in front of people. You know, that those were private things that I wasn't allowed to share. And ever since, like, literally that something changed, something happened in my mind. And I said, whatever this thing is that allows me to be inside out, I got to do this. I got to find out a way to do this. And so the pursuit of that ever since I had that moment has been you know how I how I kind of landed in this career. It was about chasing. You had felt sort of stunted, like you you felt like there was emotions in there that you couldn't get out. No, not stunted, but just not seen. Yeah, yeah. I think that seen as like um, I felt like a wholeness come out of me in that moment that had never been allowed before. You know, there was always a um, a version of Supinder at home, mm-hmm. a, you know, a version of Supinder out in the world when mm-hmm. I went to school, mm-hmm. um, you know, with my Indian friends versus with my Caucasian friends. And there was just something like, I, like, I think this, this exploration of the, the shadow, the dark, the deep, mm-hmm. um, I think that's why, you know, artists make art mm-hmm. um, to whatever that thing is inside of us. And, you know, this, even this thing that I talk about with my father, I'm sure, you know, other people would say, you know, you lost your dad. That's a really hard thing. Mm-hmm. Why would you want to go back there? Mm-hmm. Like, why would you want to explore that and open that up and mm-hmm. look at that wound? Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's something I'm dra- drawn to. Mm-hmm. I, I want to open it up. I want to look at it. I want to understand it and, you know, make something out of it and just not not look at it. So you have this really profound reaction to acting and you think to yourself, like, wow, I, I'm, there's a wholeness of me that's able to come out when I'm able to to do this. And then I started acting. <laughs> and and it's different. And then you start acting and you're like, oh, no, you, you're, oh, I only get to play this version of myself. And I only get to play this part of myself. I only get to play this articulate, smart part that has to be a doctor, you know, we like, and so, with, but with the beautiful thing about being a lead character is you kind of get to open up a little bit more. And if you get it wrong, you kind of get to do it again the next day. Yeah. And so this... Um, practice of craft is something I've never had before. And so this openness um, of my instrument is, it's its really been a gift these last couple of months. You have told me, though, in the past about some of those, you know, hard years of, you know, answering ads on Craigslist and, and on Mandy and just trying to get trying to get a, a couple of gigs there. What kept the fire burning for you, though? Like, what, what kept you going through all that? I mean, that's, that's the stage where, you know, you, you might stop. Because <laughs> I love it. So I love it. Like I honestly, like you know, I I could I could do other things. Um, it go it goes up and down. You think you know, should should I, should I do something else? Should I? Yeah, of course. Um, but I think that the thing is, is I really you know, and and actually when I wrote the four ten, it was out of frustration because I just wasn't getting the parts that I wanted to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, I I did something so I could continue doing this thing because mm-hmm. um, I really I really like it. I mean, everything kind of changes um, uh, when you start getting cast on, on Sort Of. You, uh, you play the sister of Bilal Beg. That show, groundbreaking for a lot of reasons. Um, but I was talking to Bilal the other day, and I, w- I was saying to them um, just how delighted I was that, that Bilal was able to end the show on their 
own terms. It goes without saying, we're, we're supportive and, and of, of their decision. But how have you been reflecting on the, on the time on that show? Um, you know what? I think it was, there's, you know, for Bilal, I think from, from our perspective as the cast, Bilal had to mine so much of their own existence into that show. And mm-hmm. I think it was really taxing. And so I understand for several reasons, you know, mm-hmm. why it was enough. Um, but I also loved that family so much, mm-hmm. you know, those characters. And so it was bittersweet because, um, you know, you, you find something like that, like a show like that comes up maybe once in a lifetime. In terms of the experiences that we had on the show, like I remember the first time I sat in the trailer and Bilal was there and Alora was there and they were playing Hindi music. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time in my life I'd ever heard m- my music in this job. Mm-hmm. And so there were so many firsts and so many affirming experiences that happened on that set um, that, you know, it was it was sad to see the show go. It was sad to say goodbye to everybody. But I think it's also like you work on a show like that as a person of color and you really kind of get um, an insight into the way things could be. And so one of the first things I did when we were on Allegiance is I played Punjabi music in the trailer because that's what I was taught and that's what mm-hmm. I had learned. And, you know, um, had you know, Bilal was such a great teacher because they led with so much kindness mm-hmm. um, and they carried so much. And so, you know, you take a little bit of everything as you go, but I learned so much on that show um, about authority in spaces I hadn't had authority before mm. and how to carry that into my future. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful show. Congratulations on it. Thank you. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. My guest was the actor Supinder Ratch. Her new show, Allegiance, uh, premieres tomorrow. If you're in Canada, you can find it on CBC Gem. The other conversation uh, we have up on our, our, our podcast today is Kathy Griffin, who has been really been through it. I say this in the introduction to the piece, but she's really been through it. She was like, I don't know, she was doing as well as a stand-up can do. She was everywhere. I remember she was on Suddenly Susan. She was on Seinfeld magazine covers. She had this big show called like My Life on the D-List. And then in 2017, she posts this photo of her holding this like bloody mask replica of Donald Trump's head. And um, not only is she, you know, she talks about being investigated uh, for a conspiracy to assassinate the president. Um, she talks about how she was blacklisted from Hollywood and, and lost a lot of friends. She loses her sister. She loses her mom. She gets lung cancer. She has to have half a lung removed. I mean, she really goes through it. And now she's back on tour and she has a lot to say. Like she has, I think the last time I talked to her, she was sort of in the middle of all that. And now she's on the other side of it with a lot of perspective. I really, really enjoy getting a chance to talk to Kathy Griffin. Um, If you want to go check that out, it's up on our podcast. We'll see you soon. Later on. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.